Hey Gator fans, welcome back to a new episode of Swamp Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Daniel Hanstein. So in this episode, we're going to be going over men's basketball news, recapping the Florida Gator vs. Kentucky Wildcats game, going through the players' stats from that game, and awards and records that were given out following that game based on players' performances. And we're going to end with a Gator DM segment with Gator News underscore on Instagram. So let's get right into it. So for men's basketball, Florida and Oklahoma came to an agreement earlier this week that they would start their home-and-home series next year instead of this year because they both are having COVID problems. The Gators have signed back on, though, for a trip back to Mohegan and Sun to play Army on December 2nd and Boston College on December 3rd. But the Florida Gators are still very hopeful that their home opener will be played Sunday, December 6th against Stetson University. So next, let's go into the recap of the Florida Gators vs. Kentucky Wildcats football game from last Saturday. Kentucky got the ball to start off the game. Even though the Gators' defense came out really shaky and their DBs and cornerbacks were doubling guys that were not necessary and were leaving guys wide open for easy passes, they were able to come up with two big consecutive sacks that eventually led to Kentucky punting. And this would lead to Florida's first offensive possession, they would put together a six-play, 83-yard drive that would end with a Kyle Pitts catch-and-run touchdown from 56 yards out. The next big play would happen on Florida's next drive when Justin Shorter would fumble the ball for the first turnover of the game, and this play would unfortunately change the momentum of the game for most of the second quarter. The fumble would lead to Kentucky's first score of the game and would tie the game at 7-7. And on Kentucky's next offensive possession, they would charge down the field 87 yards down the field, ending with a 22-yard field goal, which would give the Wildcats their first lead of the game 10-7. But with 42 seconds left in the first half, Kentucky elected to punt the ball back to Florida's special teams unit. And if we know anything, Florida's special teams unit is not one to look down upon. They got Kadarius Tony back there that is so good, he'll pull two jukes or two moves, and he's gone. He's gone with a 50-yard return or something. But that's what's ultimately what happened. They punted the ball directly, Kadarius, directly to Kadarius Tony, which he returned for a 50-yard touchdown and would ultimately change the momentum of the game for the last time. But also in the first half, the infamous moment that was caught on camera, and they play it, replayed it like five or six times on the broadcast, that finally showed Dan Mullen absolutely going off on Todd Grantham for how poorly the defense had played in the first half. In my opinion, I'm happy that Dan Mullen finally went off on Todd Grantham because Todd Grantham needs to be told that his defense is struggling. He needs to get it together, and if he can't get it together, then in my opinion, he needs to be fired. There's a lot of free head coaches right now that would love to be in his situation, but we've stuck with Todd Grantham because Dan Mullen is a loyal person. Like I said, if Todd Grantham's defense does not pull it together here in the next couple weeks, I think he should be fired. So let's get back into the recap. But on the first drive of the second half, the Gators charged right down the field, which ended with Kyle Pitts' second touchdown of the game and ultimately putting the Gators up 21-10. to And on Florida's second offensive possession, they would charge right down the field again, but this time it would 
end with an Evan McPherson 34-yard field goal, making the score 24-10. On Kentucky's second drive of the half, it came to an abrupt end when DeBate picked off Terry Wilson, which Florida would take immediate advantage of, and their drive would end with a Kyle Pitts touchdown for his third touchdown of the game. But Florida's next drive would end poorly, just like the Justin Shorter drive with a fumble, but this time it was Naquan Wright. But in under two minutes, Florida's defense was able to hold Kentucky to convert on fourth down. But Florida would end this offensive possession. Unfortunately, Evan McPherson's second missed field goal of the season, which is a bummer because I feel like he's one of the best kickers in the league and shouldn't miss field goals. But it's okay. It's only a second. But it didn't matter because on Kentucky's next drive, Sean Davis would pick Terry Wilson off again. This time, it would end with a successful field goal from Evan the Leg McPherson, but on Kentucky's last offensive possession, it would end once again with Florida's third pick of the game. This is crazy. Thank God Florida's defense finally decided to show up in a big game against an SEC opponent. I'm so happy that our DBs and corners finally woke up. And in the final drive, we put Emory Jones in the game, who would be forced to just let the clock run down, ending with the Gators winning 34-10. to And you can see it on Emory Jones' face. He wanted to go for the next points. but And you could clearly see Dan Mullen telling him, no, we're just going to run the ball, end the game. We don't want to score any more points. But thanks... To Dan Mullen's exchange with Todd Grantham, his defense finally decided to play to their full capability, giving up no points in the second half and catching three interceptions. So next, let's go right into the game stats. Kyle Trask went 21 for 27 for 256 yards and three touchdowns. Emory Jones went 4 for 4 for 46 yards. Kadaris Tony went 1 for 1 with passes and caught 3 receptions for 38 yards and returned that punt at the end of the first half for a touchdown, which changed the momentum for the second half. Pierce, Davis, and Naquan Wright combined for 18 carries for 93 yards. Kyle Pitts caught 5 receptions for 99 yards and three touchdowns. Good to have you back, Kyle Pitts. I know my last podcast, I was a little skeptical about him coming back so early after his surgery, but it's good to have him back. Jacob Copeland, Wells, Justin Shorter, and Trayvon Grimes had eight receptions for 110 yards. That was combined, by the way, not individual. Houston, Davis, Slayton, Stinner, and Diabate combined for 34 tackles, and Davis, DeBate, and Johnson combined for three interceptions on Terry Wilson. Evan the Leg McPherson went two for three on field goal attempts and four for four on extra points, scoring a total of 10 points. Jacob Finn punted twice for a total of 91 yards. And like I said earlier, our special teams is underrated. These guys are crazy good. Evan McPherson can pretty much kick from anywhere, even though he'll miss once or twice in a season. But he is crazy. And Jacob Finn, we don't hear enough about Jacob Finn because Jacob Finn only punts once or twice a game because Florida's offense is able to get them down the field and score points almost every offensive 
possession. Next, let's get into the awards and records that were given to Florida players based on their performance in this week's game. Kadirish Tony was named Co-SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. I don't get why he's named Co-SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. I get Sarah Fuller, or whatever her name is from Vanderbilt, it was the first girl to ever play in a Power 5 NCAA football game. But she kicked one ball for like 28 yards, maybe 30 yards, but I don't see why they should have to share it when he, in my opinion, was the better SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. But not to offend anybody out there who's, I, I want to see her succeed too, but like one kick in the game, I don't get how she should be co-SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. But next, let's move on to Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask passed Danny Warfel for consecutive games with three passing touchdowns. Danny Warfel was only able to do it for seven games, but Kyle Trask has been able to do it for eight consecutive games. And he is the second SEC quarterback to record eight consecutive games with three passing touchdowns or more. That is crazy. He tied... Drew Locke's record with eight consecutive games. And Kyle Pitts leads tight ends in the nation with 11 touchdowns for a total of 66 points. He doesn't just lead tight ends in the nation. He's also one of the top 15 scoring offensive players in the country. That's crazy for a tight end. And in my opinion, he should be looked at as a Heisman candidate, even though he's not a quarterback and not putting up as big as numbers as you have to be to win the Heisman. I think he should be at least in the Heisman candidate category. Next, we got unscheduled breaking news. Former four-star recruit, Iverson Clement entered the transfer portal Monday evening after seeing very little action over his three years at Florida, only carrying the ball five times for a total of 29 yards, and he almost had his first touchdown this past Saturday against Kentucky, but was tripped up on the one-yard line. He is the second Gator who entered the portal this fall, joining safety Quincy Lenton, who did it earlier before the season started. Following that unscheduled breaking news, we got Gator DMs with Gator News underscore on Instagram. So shout out Gator News underscore on Instagram. So the first question I asked him is, what inspired you to create one of the most popular Gator fan pages on Instagram? And by the way, some of these questions are repeats from my interview with UF Country I did last week, but I feel like some of these questions are still pretty good to ask. So I'm going to repeat that question. What inspired you to create one of the most popular Gators fan pages on Instagram? And his answer to that is, I felt as if I knew more than the average fan when it comes to Gator football, and I wanted to have a place to talk with others about rumors and news. My second question is also similar to the one I asked you, have Country. Of the current Gator uniforms, what is your favorite combination? In which he answered, White helmets, blue jersey, and white pants. I love the white helmets. The white helmets get a lot of crap from fans out there, but I love the white helmets with the orange Gator script on it. I like the F, but I like the Gator script. I think the Gator script's something new, something cool. I like that one. I like the blue jerseys, and I like the white pants. So the third question is, what Florida rivalry game do you look forward to the most watching every year? And he put Georgia, obviously. That's the biggest game of our season. Yep, that is true. That is obviously the biggest game of our season. Normally, that game determines who's going to the SEC championship game. 
in our fourth question with Gators News underscore. Who is one former or current Florida Gator that you think gets overlooked the most? And his response is Kyle Trask. He's not being treated with the same respect that Burrow was last year, even though his numbers are slightly better. It's probably due to the loaded QB class, but he doesn't get talked about as a top QB in this class. I would have to agree with that answer 100%. He doesn't get talked about like Joe Burrow at all, but I guess this class is loaded with QBs. But in my opinion, Kyle Trask is overlooked the most because they don't talk about him as if he's like Joe Burrow. They talk about everyone behind him like he can catch him. If it's it's going to come down to the SEC championship game between him and him and Mac Wilson. In my opinion, I don't think the Heisman race should come down to the SEC championship game. I think Kyle Trask is too far ahead, and I think that game will only help Kyle Trask make his status even bigger. I feel like Kyle Trask is going to pick Alabama's defense apart. So that's just how I feel about it. And we also are going to talk about Florida's recruiting. Florida has the number seven recruiting class in the nation with one five-star recruit, 14 four-star recruits, and 11 three-star recruits for a total of 26 hard commits. And if I'm not mistaken, the five-star recruit is either a cornerback or a DB, which I feel like we need a lot of. I feel like if Florida's class can get a lot of defensive players, I feel like defensive players look at Florida and they're like, oh, their defense is struggling. That's an automatic way for me to start. And I feel like that's very good. So thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry the episode's a little bit shorter. There just wasn't as much news and stuff to talk about. So if you've made it this far in the video, thank you very much. And if you guys would please leave feedback or recommendations about this podcast on Gator Facebook group, send them to your friends, send them to your family who are Gators fans. And thank you guys for listening very much. And you guys can add the podcast on Instagram at Swamp Sports Talk. And you guys can send me in some questions and I will answer them right here on the podcast. So thank you guys for listening. And once again, go follow Gator News underscore on Instagram.